Welcome to Before You Swipe. I'm Dr. Lauren. And I'm Dr. Chris. We're two sex educators and research nerds who love talking about sex and relationships. This has been an online dating podcast where we overanalyze profiles and read between the pickup lines. However, in this episode, we're switching it up to take a step back and consider how we make sense of ourselves and relationships. And when we say relationships, we include sexual, romantic, platonic, and more. So before we even open the apps, let's get into the beautiful mess of human connection. Hello, and welcome back to Before You Swipe. I'm Dr. Chris. And I'm Dr. Lauren. We are sadly no longer recording at the Whiteley Center. Um, yeah, I know. I miss the deer and the foxes and the water and all the things. And the boats and the ferry and the trees. It was very magical. It was a magical time. Um, but we are still continuing to ponder our values around sexual, romantic, and platonic relationships. We're just in different locations now. So. As a reminder, we are discussing the nine principles in Andy Nordgren's Relationship Anarchy Manifesto. And last episode, we discussed the fifth principle, which focused on the importance of communication. And now this episode, the sixth principle we are introducing is love and respect instead of entitlement. I'm gonna go ahead and do the same thing and reread uh, the full, uh, full statement from Andy. So deciding not to base a relationship on a foundation of entitlement is about respecting others' independence and self-determination. Your feelings for a person or your history together does not make you entitled to command and control a partner to comply with what is considered normal to do in a relationship. Explore how you can engage without stepping over boundaries and personal beliefs. Rather than looking for compromises in every situation, let loved ones choose paths that keep their integrity intact without letting this mean a crisis for the relationship. Staying away from entitlement and demands is the only way to ensure that you are in a relationship that is truly mutual. Love is not more real when people compromise for each other because it's part of what's expected. Yeah, so as usual, there's a lot of stuff to chew on in, in one manifesto principle. For real. Uh, yeah, so a couple of the phrases that I really liked and sort of pulled out as I was thinking about this principle. One was the let loved ones choose paths that keep their integrity intact. Mm -hmm. I really liked the idea of, again, like you, like you were somebody before you met this other person, own that, own that they were a whole person before they met you, right? Like, so like, are you really gonna ask someone to stop doing something that it, like what, it was that they were doing when you met them. I mean, you liked them for a reason and you liked them for some of these reasons. And so, yeah, like this idea of letting them to continue to choose their path and grow. I mean, it's maybe where the attraction came from in the first place. So that was sort of my first thought. I have to say, this is this is the quote that I also just absolutely love from this. I mean, there's, there's others that are important and I just, at its core, this is so, and everything that you just introduced around how do we approach each other and how do we remember why we were probably drawn to someone. And so if you start, like, one of the ways that I think about things is that there's some sort of pressure to imagine we're like approaching each other as like with these little cookie cutters, right? Like, this is my cookie cutter and I'm going to make you into my perfect cookie. And so we're like chopping off parts of each other to shape each other to fit some pre-existing mold in our minds. 
And so this is where I think some of the other things we've talked about can go wrong, right? So yes, we want you to think about your values and hold true to them and identify those core things. Yes, we want you to have a guide and things you're coming back to about how you approach, how you communicate, all those things. And continuously returning to the fact that the other person has that too. And that you can enjoy someone and grow alongside each other without fitting these molds. And then it's yeah. cool. Like, don't chop off that extra dough. Cook it. Enjoy it. It might be delicious. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, maybe right? that's too far. <laughs> but it, I mean, it's, but it still comes back to things that you were saying in earlier episodes where, you know, one person is not going to tick all the boxes and things like that. And it also reminds me of some of the research that I do when I give talks about the science of online dating. And I, I may have referenced it in uh, earlier seasons when we were talking more specifically about online dating is that we have these ideas of what we want in a partner. Mm-hmm. And so this is different from values, right? Like values are, are a different thing. Like your core values are different than, oh, I want a partner who is like, likes to karaoke, is taller than I am. I don't know. I'm making stuff up like that kind of idea. And then you meet this awesome human being. You're like, Oh, but they don't fit all these things. It's like, but they're so cool in these other ways that I never could have imagined. Right. Like, so this idea of letting, like, I'm not going to then make someone start to karaoke or, Oh, now they're a couple inches shorter than I am. Like, Oh, they're off the list. Right. Like, I mean, that, that last example might not be great because it's more physical feature instead of like letting someone choose their path. Right. But right. Like it's like, you're going to discover somebody who's passionate about something that you never really thought about before. And that can also be really exciting. And so. I think it's, it's about to also like not, I mean, this is a gift to think about how can someone keep growing too. Right. Yeah. Like, so they're still choosing their path Their path's not done. They didn't stop when you met them. So letting, um, letting that flourishing continue to appear and being excited about it, as opposed to saying, oh, I need to squash that because you might change into something I don't know how I feel about, right? Yeah. And so, so one of the things that this made me think about was a conversation I had with someone. I was in a um, what I would characterize as a healthy relationship. They were lovely and deeply impactful on who I am and how I approach relationships, so um, lots and lots of affection for this person. And so, uh, one of the, one of the things that when, at one point when we were in conflict, I had like this very clear visual of what was happening. I saw them trying to share something about themselves that I was struggling with. And as they were sharing, I just got this very strong image in my mind as though they were holding this little glowing orb, right? Like as they were slowly walking toward me, it's little cupped in their hand, glowing there this like delicate, fragile thing. In my mind, it's kind of like a little dandelion inside a glowing orb, like that one little seed. And that little seed could be like so many things that could produce like life, you know, that's so much memory in a single seed and so much potential in a single seed. And just imagining them like very slowly walking toward me, like, please don't crush my orb. (laughs) Please don't kill my seed. Like it's tender and I'm, I'm offering it with humility. And will you let me You know, and so it really made me pause because I had to think about like, well, why am I reacting in the way I am to the thing that they're bringing in? And sometimes that could be because, oh, I feel like this thing you're wanting to do takes so much time away from our relationship or connection. All right. Well, then that brings me back to thinking about my values and thinking about how we show up. And I can make a different ask of like, let's protect your little orb. Yes. 
And what are the what are the implications of it? And then that just comes back to communication. And I think again, this could mean that to protect that little glowing orb, um, maybe we do need to reimagine how our relationship aligns and what kind of relationship we're keeping, right? Like maybe we realize, oh, one of my values can no longer be met, or one of my needs for time isn't possible as you pursue this orb. And so maybe we readjust and that can be sad. I can be disappointed, but I don't need to force them or force the relationship. Yeah. And I think that's back to, I mean, it does sort of harken back to some of that escalator mentality of like, if you're in a certain kind of relationship with somebody and then they, yeah, they have something that they want to work on or do or shift in their lives that requires a lot of time that spending time apart then seems like it's this weird step backwards Um, and it it doesn't have to be or you know like and also maybe it's permanent depending on like what this this seed is that was that was being um, presented or it could just be something that's kind of like it's sort of temporary like Mm -hmm. I have a lot of friends who are in theater and so when they're in a production I don't see them and uh, one of my very dear friends from college she and I really always wanted to make these bumper stickers that may exist, but just say, I can't, I have rehearsal, right? Like you just like, could just like as a blanket statement to all the things that we are missing out on kind of idea as, as you know, your time gets, you know, it's sort of like when new parents potentially are like, I'd love to do all these things, but I can't, I have a tiny, you know, little wee one that now needs all my attention and all my sleep. And so like they, you know, you just can't do certain things because things come up and that's not necessarily, you know, I'm not, again, it's like loving that person, respecting them. I'm not entitled to their time. I'm not entitled to the the relationship being the same forever. Like none of that really makes sense. No, no. And, and like you were saying at the start, what do we miss out on? Right. If it's something that's important to someone it's part of the path they want to choose and then we're imagining we're gonna narrow their path or cut off a branch of their path in some way like thinking about what that person could be that's important to them and to imagine we're entitled to shut that down I just I think that's um that's a really important thing and you know, Andy originally put this as the second principle in the original mm-hmm. manifesto. And we've yeah. moved around because we're thinking through a different kind of flow and logic. But I really get it. I mean, I think in our cultural context, um, especially here in the U.S., right, with the whether we talk about the relationship ex- escalator or whether we talk about power dynamics around gender and particularly in heterosexual relationships, that there are expectations about who maybe is expected to make themselves a little more small and who's supposed to have the big full life and achievement. I think these things are changing in lots of important ways, but there are still a lot of pressures out there. Right. And so when you have the outside world saying we're supposed to like keep shrinking ourselves and we have things we're entitled to and, and ways we're supposed to align. And frankly, there's ways our culture pushes people towards some codependence perhaps. Oh yeah. Um, and so I think it can be hard to, uh, as we've been talking about, it can be hard to resist those pressures and it can make you feel like, oh, this is a risk because you've been maybe told it's risky. Like if your relationship's not totally aligned or if you're not seeing each other all the time, you know, it may feel risky, but we, again, we're not entitled to constrain, contain, control each other. Yeah. 
And I would also add, I think there's the slippery slope and connection to abuse dynamics, right? Anytime yeah. we're hurting each other, it's uh, especially when there's other power dynamics overlaid in the relationship. So again, a common way this shows up in heterosexual dynamics, there's a man, there's a woman, and you know, a man ends up creating conditions where there's more control and the woman's world gets smaller, right? And again, it's not yeah. the only way this stuff happens, but it's unfortunately quite common. Um, well, and, and for me, I mean, I definitely being raised female, I for sure was taught to put my needs last. Yes. Right. And so how does that like sort of show up in relationships today? And I've definitely been in unhealthy relationships where I compromised and compromised. And I'm going to say it was compromised, but really it was just bending to the will of the person that I was with. Yeah. Um, a male person. And, you know, one day I remember my therapist being like, okay, so when so you, I hear you changing a lot for this person, when do you think they're going to be satisfied with who you are? And I was yeah. like, ah, shit. Wow. <laughs> like, wow. like, I know the answer to that question. It's never okay. Right. Right. What so an it's important this question, right? I mean, yeah, by far my favorite therapist I ever had because yeah, I mean, so this one I do admit is, from the flip side of the, the idea of compromise and being the person who will quote unquote always compromise kind of thing. Like this is a tough one for me personally. Oh yeah. Like, so, and, and yes, I do feel compromise is important in some, and I mean, actual compromise, like in the sense of meeting someone, you know, part way or actual compromise in like, Oh yes. Okay. Today, it's okay if this hat like we do something that you really want to do that I don't really like necessarily if you're doing it together, right? Like you don't even have to do it together, but like that kind of idea, like, you know, sometimes you do want to support people and make it easier for them. But, you know, having that as like a consistent pattern yes. is not, you know, is not ideal. And this yeah. is the deal. This is, this is the, that's the key. Are we paying attention to patterns of behavior, patterns of how we're relating to each other where, one person is getting more controlled and one person is like got all the flexibility in the world. Um, right. That pattern is not okay. And then there's also the question of what are we compromising around? Right. So as long as we're not again, cutting off the branch of someone's path or saying they can't do something that's important to them in, in for the sake of keeping a relationship going, again, it's like, yeah this commitment to stay together. We, you know, the, the longest relationship wins logic, like that's just so stifling or it has to stay a sexual and romantic relationship. It can't shift and be platonic for a while and yeah, whatever. Um, yeah. And I, I, I just, I also want to acknowledge, I very much, yes. I remember having conversations about being the contortionist and like how many knots. And I think that's one of the metaphor. One of my therapists used was how many knots are you going to tie yourself in? Mm -hmm. you know you yeah. already you already can't walk um and so I, I think this this uh principle might be harder depending on how we've been socialized mm -hmm. um, and I also want to acknowledge I hear a lot of femme folks people socialized as girls and women regardless of what identity they hold now um who also believe they are entitled to lots of demands on their partners again regardless of what gender they hold yeah of like you, you know, I set the norm. And I sometimes hear people also name this around, um, it's almost like a what I would characterize as like a misuse of feminism. 
Like, I'm going to make you be the subservient person in my life. And I'm going to make you be small because I can't let you be too important because I'm a feminist or something. And it's like, I don't love that either. <laughs> that yeah, part. right. Because the, 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 that awful slogan, and I actually just heard someone say it earlier this month. It was just like, they kind of just rolled their eyes and was like, happy wife, happy life. And I was like, oh no, right? Like that idea of like, well, whatever she wants, it's fine by me, like kind of thing, just to keep the peace. And that's right. So like that is sort of flipping it in the other way that that somehow in this, again, um, husband, wife, couple, uh, monogamous, that they were, um, that there was this idea that as long as she's happy, I quote unquote don't care, which doesn't feel good to me either. And there's also ways that I think we can use those logics to not even be paying attention to wait, you, are we ever checking in on what's actually making someone happy versus when they're just okay, well, I guess I'm managing the household now, right? There's all sorts of ways that this can go so sideways. Yeah. And so I think continuously, like what I really love about this principle is it's it's sort of about like when I think about entering a conversation, what am I keeping at my core? I want to keep my own integrity, my own path. What's important to me. I need to have, I, you know, and I'm, I put things on paper and I like to write notes. So I would have a column and, or two pieces of paper in different colors and color code. And, you know, mm, that's fine. You don't have to go that far. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Right. Like having the really clear place where I've named these are the things that feel like keeping me in, in in integrity and in right relationship with myself and things maybe I'm unsure about but I want the room to be curious yeah right and then on the other side it's either blank so that I can fill in and listen for them or you know I'm jotting down what I think I know and then can be checking in um but that's yeah. like both need to be present yeah I mean it's great to sort of think about the things that you've, you know, that you've given up or done that you necessarily didn't want to do for the sake of a relationship. I mean, of course we change hobbies. Like I used to play hockey all the time and, uh, you know, I got post-concussion syndrome and so I couldn't play, I had to retire. So that does that's not what I'm talking about here. We all change hobbies over time for various reasons, but if you gave something up in a, in a current relationship because of a current relationship or a past one it's just like thinking about the things that you've done um and then think about the things you've asked a partner to do or give up right like being really mindful of that or ask that person and see if those are things you know it's like so we're talking some of the language i think both of us are using is sort of like the moving forward but if you've been somewhere for a long time or been in relationship with somebody for a long time are there ways to sort of say hey you know, I've been thinking about the idea that, you know, I don't do X as much as I used to and I miss it. Yeah. You know, is there a way to revisit that for me or, you know, and is the, and then asking back, like, is there something you've given up that maybe this is a time for you to sort of like, you know, something that you don't want to really let go of, but you have? Because again, sometimes you do want to let go of it. That's okay too. Totally. Right? Yeah. Well, and I think that's what can be, again, the gift of staying tied with people over time, right? You know, I'm I'm observing what are things you've told me you love doing, right? I'm thinking about literally us in our friendship. Yeah. And what I see of things that are important to you and that you have prioritized at different times in your life. And then if I notice that shifting, like I can be your little mirror and say, just checking in, buddy. Is this important to you? Yeah. And that's such a gift in our loving relationships. And yeah. so 
I think I think if if we just shift away from this idea of like, am I getting like, what is my role in approaching this relationship and approaching communication? If I'm approaching it both from I want to stay integrity with myself and I want to celebrate this other person, I want to see them grow. I'm curious about where they might go rather than that feeling like such a threat, because I really fundamentally think I don't think anybody's a terrible person inherently when they're doing some of these controlling behaviors. I think it's a expression of insecurity. It's an expression of being afraid, you know, and yeah. maybe some caving to some crappy norms that have been foisted upon, upon us. But yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't, so I, I don't, I'm going to say something and I don't know if it's true, but okay. this principle may be less relevant to friendships or platonic relationships and more about quote unquote primary partners or maybe sexual partners if someone has them. In that sense, like we're usually down with friends having different interests, doing different things. I mean, except if you're in middle school or high school or whatever, and you have to do the thing, you have to try out for the sports team or the cheerleading team, whatever. But like, usually like by the time we're older, uh, like you kind of in a warm sort of way sort of grow out of that. Like you don't have to do all the things together. You don't have to like the same things. You don't have to like all that stuff with your friends. Yeah. Um, like, you, like whatever, whatever. Yeah. Whatever floats their boat, it's good as you know, and you, you can support them in their other interests that don't directly pertain to you, but why? Yeah. So why would that be different with a sexual partner or a primary partner or a domestic nesting partner kind of thing? Like, why would we seek to, you know, change them more and i want us to be careful using i don't love the primary language like well i was putting it quote well if somebody has one yeah that's what okay. i mean like that's okay. I, and again you're right like i, I just meant if somebody has if that is the 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 sort of partnership stuff that they've chosen for them not yeah. as a universal yeah i mean i think i don't know i I think there's so many different ways people can structure their dynamics, right? So we, or the way I'm thinking about these principles, there can be people out there who are not using this to think about any romantic or really, or sexual relationships because they're aro ace, right? Or aromantic, right. Yeah. asexual. And so yeah. in which case this is all about those other kinds of caregiving, nurturing, intimate relationships. And I also do think if we're giving ourselves a different, for those of us who've been socialized into the escalator, where even the ways we do our, um, our, have historically done our platonic friendships, I, I wonder if the reason this doesn't show up is because of how we're, we have historically prioritized those sexual and romantic relationships. And now if we get a little more radical in our structures, we may be at risk of applying that. Like, so I do have some friends that um, I have heard of this happening where like, someone expected someone else to do a thing and something changed and like it was such an incredible breach the way okay. that because that person felt so entitled and i have had friendships that i think were probably not the healthiest and i was making myself really small and over caretaking and over people pleasing often not with the other person even realizing i was doing it so that's some of my old baggage coming into a relationship but so i do experience some of this with um the the platonic but deeply intimate deeply connected like folks folks i've cohabitated with and um yeah so i think i think it can show up i i appreciate that 
this conversation feels especially important when we're talking about sexual and, and uh, romantic relationships because of the norms that are out there around those. It is way more explicit that we're potentially going to do this in those relationships. Yeah. Yeah. And like, and that sort of feeds into for me. So thank you for your like the the gentle rebuttal because I was like, <laughs> is this right? Is this not? And I I like seeing and hearing your perspective on yeah where it can manifest in other ways, but. Yeah. The other piece of the the quote from um, the original manifesto that this is now reminding me of is the staying away from entitlement and demands is the only way to be sure that you are in a relationship that is truly mutual. Mm, yeah. Yep. And I mean, I, I, I always hesitate. This, this is probably the statistician in me, but like anytime it's like the only way to be sure. And I still do appreciate this idea of, yeah, like if you like laying off or trying not to be entitled or demands. And again, entitlement, we do have this idea of like people deserving respect and deserving oh, love and deserving safety. Right. So like, that's not what we're talking about here. Harkening back to what you were referencing earlier. Right. Like, is he, but like, yeah, if you are in something that's truly mutual, like you're seeing each person as the person and I can't put like that whole boober, I, thou principle, blah, blah, like, whatever. like, you don't know. Okay. So it's just like the idea of the, oh gosh, the thou in uh, this old white dude philosopher guy was just like, it was warning against enmeshment essentially. Oh, nice. Like thou is not, thou is not like, two people becoming one, it's still, there's, you, you always have the I component. Hmm. Well, and that's right at the top of this, right? Respecting yeah. there's independence and self-determination. Right. I mean, as people, and we've talked about this before, it is beautiful the way we are, generally speaking, motivated toward connectedness. We want a sense of belonging. We want mutuality and care. It feels good. Co-regulation is great for our bodies. We are designed to read our world and settle our nervous system when we feel safe. And that happens best when we are with people we trust, yada, yada, right? We could, we could neurobiology yeah. this, we can go in so many directions. <laughs> um, and I think, yeah, it's, um, it's that then there, there are lines we can start crossing if we get into codependence enmeshment. And so if we're on the relationship escalator, or if we're in the storyline where the best thing possible is the notion of two become one, like, ew. Yeah. We're not a, what is that called? Like a chimera or whatever? Like we're not aspiring to be some freak creature where we cannot exist in the world separately. A minotaur. <laughs> yeah, that is not, I, I mean, and, and frankly, like we're sitting here laughing about it, but like, that's weird. That's a weird thing to want. Yeah. I mean, no judgment, I guess. Or I, no, I guess judgment. Eh. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's hard because there's the, yeah, there's that the the western independence component is really there and then there's also right more collectivist culture and since i'm not in a collectivist culture i i want to be hesitant in terms of speaking i you know in terms of this is what it means to be in a collectivist culture sure. i would rather say that there are other ways and they might like have a little bit more messiness or complexity when looking at this but I think, I think, so drawing on mutual aid communities that I've been part of where we're really trying to like show up and be networked and mm -hmm. be effective, um, what I, what I would say about that, so not thinking about collectivist cultures as in cultures and, um, tied to other ethnicities or identities, okay. but like in the practice, in that practice space, I would say, 
and this is again still in the US, but your the way that I approach those kind of ties is thinking about I'm still there. I'm still part of that, right? Like I'm how I'm thinking about how do I contribute to the collective? And so mm-hmm. it's that like we have ties. I'm deeply conscious of our network and the way resources are flowing. I'm like I'm thinking of us as part of a system. Okay. But I'm still a node in that system. Like I still exist. And it's about identifying what can I bring into the system as a resource, where are my needs and resource and where are new resources I don't already have flowing toward me. And that it's this lovely give and take, but that I'm I haven't like lost who I am in that. Um, right. And I think, yeah. you know, given that we were speaking, we're, we don't know who we're speaking to, but, you know, we have acknowledged we are speaking from a U.S. or North American framework. Um, and so hopefully, yeah. Anyway, yes. Yeah. We, we want to be careful about trouncing <laughs> other contexts where it may work just fine. Right. Yeah. But yeah, the idea of being in community and still being... Yeah, still being who you are, but definitely working it. Yeah, working in community does require, you know, certain, certain. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I can't think of it. Like, I was gonna, I'm going with like vibes, which is totally not the right word at all. But you know, like a certain synergy. Maybe yeah. that's a better one. But just like you know, getting um, where everybody at least has yeah some common some common goal or you know like a way to work together um yeah because that is a very like you were saying before like we want to belong we want to be parts of communities and uh that is you know you can't do that by always my way or the highway that's not going to work that way either and i feel like there's some really on unhealthy conversations happening out in the world about boundaries that I've seen, you know, especially like if you follow certain um, educators or counselors or whatever, some of these folks on Instagram who I think are appealing to um, in some ways that whole like feminist-ish, you know, a misuse of feminism um, logic of like, hold your boundary and that's it, right? And it's like, and cut the people out of your life always. And there's no room for grace, dialogue, complexity, or anything. And so again, I think in this example, we're we're not ever suggesting we approach our ties, especially if it's forming a new relationship, from a place of, um, if you don't behave X way, like you're bad, I'm good, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah here are the things that are core to me, here are the ways I want to experience love and connection and care. And where does that overlap? Like where where do we have some degree of overlap? And then let's cherish and honor that overlap without trying to lop off the parts that don't overlap, right? And if it's not enough of an, of an overlap, rather than again, trying to force more overlap, well, let's just redefine how we're connecting, you know, whether that means we call it a day and say, hey, it's been lovely to grow alongside you for a hot minute or however long it was. Mm-hmm. But this is now, you know, like it's not meeting my goals and my needs. But I, you know, right, like that doesn't, again, as we've said in other um, principles, that doesn't mean it's a failed relationship. Right. We can appreciate what we could connect with in that moment in that way. Um, yeah, I don't know. Anyway. Oh, the yeah. thing. It's so much to hold. It's so much. It is. Hold. It yeah. is very, very much so. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think, I mean, like, 
polls, I could be like, I could keep talking about this for hours, but I don't think we need our listeners to hear us talk about this right. for more hours. So think, yeah, so I think my last thing that I would say, my like takeaway okay. nugget is this idea of we have very real human tensions of like agency connectedness, right? We want to support interconnectedness without crushing someone's sense of agency. And so figuring out how we do that, how we approach each other, and also how we um, pay attention to that for how we're being treated. That's the yeah. All right. Well, thanks for that wrap up. I'm not going to follow that, except to say that if you have comments about uh, this principle or anything else that we've been talking about, please uh, send us a line at before you swipe. That's the letter B, the number four, the letter U swipe at gmail.com. Also find us on Facebook or Instagram. Thanks so much. Be sure to protect each other's little orbs. Yes. Ta-ta. Thanks for listening to Before You Swipe. If you want to send us your thoughts on sexual, romantic, and or platonic relationships, please email us at beforeyouswipe at gmail.com. That's the letter B, the number four, the letter U, swipe at gmail. Or you can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Before You Swipe. Thanks to Hamid Khalid 786 on Pixabay for our fabulous funky beats.